Hey guys, it's Dominique and I am back with another episode of the Wise Words Podcast. I just want to say thank you guys so much for continuously supporting this podcast and being patient. I know that I have definitely been not, I don't want to say slacking, but there's been a lag with um, episodes going out on Sundays. Typically, I like to post a link in the morning. Sometimes it just doesn't happen like that, guys. And it just so happens that I have had probably the most interesting weekend (laughs) Um, that I've had in a really long time and by interesting I mean a lot has been going on so just continue to keep your girl and my family in your prayers all is well and again this too shall pass but yeah sometimes it just gets in the way of me like uploading the, the link the way I want to you know like early in the morning or early in the day sometimes you don't get the link until like the afternoon or in the evening but regardless you guys are getting the episode every week so <laughs> Whether it's things happen, things, you know, push me to have to post later or earlier, you're going to continue to get a weekly episode, if at all best. And even if I'm like on vacation or something for whatever reason or something happens, God forbid, and I say I just can't, then I would even then put something out that says, hey, there's not going to be an episode. So I'm not trying to leave you guys hanging. Last week was just an exception because I posted it on Monday because it was August 1st. And it was my one year for the Wise Words podcast. So thank you guys for celebrating that with me. Thank you so much for tuning in to last week's episode and a week before that. Thank you guys for buying my book. If you have not bought it yet, go to Amazon and buy it. It's How to Become a Mentally Fit Christian. It's $2.99 for an ebook and $5.99 for paperback. Really good book. Really great for people who just need a quick pick-me-up and a quick guide to help them you know, navigate their mental health as well as their walk with God. Okay. So don't forget to go buy that if you haven't already. And so for today's episode, it actually kind of ties in with not necessarily what I've went through this weekend, but it's highlighted something that I have noticed this weekend that really made a difference in, you know, how I got through it. And so I'm surprised that I've kind of talked on this subject before in previous episodes, but not in the sense of community as a whole I've more so talked about you know loneliness and being alone I've also talked about like friendships and things like that and relationships and of course we're always going to talk about stuff like that but just community itself definitely got to talk about that because it is so vital to both your mental health and your spiritual health to have good and healthy community and we're going to talk more about that today so don't forget to like this podcast give it a five-star rating if you're listening on apple Podcasts, and share it with someone who you feel like it may enlighten or encourage All right, guys, let's jump into it. So today's topic for this episode is community and why it is so important. Now, a lot of y'all are probably hearing this and are like, well, we already know that. But some people really don't. And even with people knowing, yeah, it's important. Some people, hmm, how do I want to word this? Some people often, you know, trying to oh got it underestimate there we go y'all I was wrecking my brain for the word like what is the word I want to use underestimate some people often underestimate the power and the strength that there is a community because when you think about it even when people go because of course I'm a therapist right and I work in mental health even when people go for treatment think about like rehab centers and um you know, residential communities, partial hospitalization, things like that. All of that is a its own little private community. 
it's a place of people who are going through similar situations like you support groups, you know, think about all of that stuff, even weight loss groups, even, you know, groups that meet with nutritionists or dietitians and things. This is a group of people that have, that are like-minded and are probably experiencing the same thing you're experiencing. And a lot of us are like, well, I know it's important, but we either we underestimate it or we take it for granted. What I mean by that. So we know what a community is, right? If I had to define a community, a community is like a group of people. It's, it's like your own little tribe. And when you have a community, it's basically, you know, that everybody knows that saying that it takes a village, right? To raise a child. Well, it takes a village just to get through life. If, if I had to reword that phrase, it takes a village to get through life. Your village shouldn't disappear when you become an adult, when you turn 18. Your village should still be intact. Your village should be growing and then you should be becoming a part of somebody else's village. Because at the end of the day, if you haven't listened to my episode about loneliness and being alone and think like I would suggest that you go listen to that. At the end of the day, while I do, while we do understand that solitude can be helpful. Yeah, you ain't got to be around people 24 seven to, you know, be validated and feel complete and stuff. It can help when you are around people or when you have people that you can call on. Okay. Like for instance, you know, like this weekend, I went through a lot with just family having all these different things going on. And some of the stuff was just, you know, we're all, we're Christian. So it was things that had us concerned. And so immediately when something would happen, my mom would call me and like start praying. And when I start praying, yeah, my prayers, you know, I, I'm confident in my prayers. And at the same time, what I did was I, you know, sent messages to my community, the women's group chat that I'm in at my church. One of my friends who I know prays a lot. I sent messages like, hey, can you guys join me in prayer as well? And that's the benefit of a community, you know, because in that moment, I didn't feel alone. I didn't feel the weight or pressure of, oh, my goodness, I got to pray for this situation. These situations that are happening in my family right now, and it's too much. I didn't feel overwhelmed. I was able to feel more supported. Because even all they did, and one of one of the women were funny because when I texted, she was like, wait a minute, I'm frying chicken. <laughs> she was like, I'm frying chicken, but I got you. Like, I'm praying. It's just my hands are dirty. And I think she was like doing a text to talk. So she was like, my hands dirty. I'm trying to wash them, but I'm praying. I was just in the middle of frying. So it was funny in the moment. But even then, you know, just getting a, a small response of like, we're praying or, you know, I'm interceding and just keep me posted and things like that. That makes a difference, you know, that makes a difference. And so trying to focus on a mental health perspective here, I went through things that I, I don't want to say were necessarily traumatic, but could have been traumatic and, and did have me, you know, amygdala hijack for a second, you know, that amygdala is the part of our brain that goes off when we're in panic or when we're in stressful situations or when we're angry, it typically communicates the emotions of fear and anger. And so when all of that stuff was happening, I had a mild sense of fear popping up in my brain because there were some, yeah, there were some scary things. And so when your amygdala is hijacked and you feel like really overwhelmed, really stressed out, it helps to have someone to call to be like, Hey, can you help me? Or can you offer me support in some way, somehow? So I say all that to say for the mental health perspective, point number one is community can help you get through tough things in life. We know that life is going to be tough, guys. We cannot avoid pain. We can't avoid stress. And that I know that that's something that a lot of people don't want to hear, but it's the truth. But one thing that we can do is we can, you know, 
have people in our corner who can help us when life gets tough. So this is, you know, people who can support you if you're a Christian, especially, you know, people who can pray for you. Not people who just get on Facebook. I can't stand that, y'all. The people who comment and be like, I'm praying and they ain't said one word. And I'll go even a step further. I used to be guilty of that, especially when I was younger, because I ain't going to even say that I just didn't want to pray, but it didn't come back to my mind. It was just like, well, this sounds good. And this going to make them feel better if I say that I'm praying. And it's like, no, it actually helps if you really do pray. So now I'm much better about it. If somebody asks me for prayer, I'm going to pray right then and there, whether I'm driving or whether I'm in my office and I need to step out, like I'm going to pray right there whenever I get a moment and keep it on my forefront of my mind. But, you know, having a community helps us get through these tough situations in life. So especially if you're a Christian, that can be a community that helps you pray and it reminds you to pray. A community can also, my second point, keep you accountable. This is definitely important for mental health because a lot of times, you know, when people are going, I'm thinking of more terms of like support groups, like um, alcohol, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, things like that. You know, people who struggle with substance abuse specifically and all of us who, you know, may be struggling with different kinds of issues, you know, like maybe it's not drugs or alcohol. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's, you know, they're making support groups for women who have had, you know, miscarriages and pre and prenatal issues and infertility issues and things like that. When you're in a group like that and let's say you start to go down in your mental health, like you start to go back into those problematic behaviors that may have led you to a suicide attempt or led you to that bottle or led you to that drug, they can help you stay accountable. They can help you stay on the right path. This doesn't mean that they got to be all in your business 24-7 and over your shoulder looking and saying, oh, what are you doing? Okay, you need to stop but they can help you stay on the right track. This is why a lot of, you know, people who go to NA or AA, they have sponsors because that sponsor is a part of their community. It's part of their village and they're grown. They ain't kids. Used to be a kid, but they're fully grown. And yet they still have a community of people that's willing to help them stay on the right path. A lot of times what I was saying earlier is why people underestimate this because a lot of people think, you know, how many of us have heard people become really I'll just say have become kind of arrogant in a sense, you know, to where it's like, I don't need anybody. Nobody needs nobody, you know, thinking of that song Um, and, you know, thinking I don't really need a big community, especially Christians. But I ain't going to get too deep into the Christian part until I get to the spiritual health um, perspective on this episode. But just for the mental health perspective, some people really think I don't need nobody. I, I got all I need. Especially if they're, you know, on their own. They're just like, I just need me. You know, can't trust people. People disappoint you. People let you down. Yada, yada, woo, woo. Okay. This is my next point about community. You can have a really good, strong community. Like, you can have a great community. And it's dialectical. Not but, but and. You can have a good community and there can still be flaws in it. Meaning like your family, for instance, is a community family should be a a really good community, right? Because that's your blood. Like that's your family. Now we also get it though, that some family ain't, ain't the best. Some family, you know, they got some issues. We got some, you know, family members, they need to go get their alcohol problem situated or they got anger issues or, you know, God forbid, like they, they pedophiles and we can't let them be around certain, you know, people until they get treated. We get it. All fam- not all family can be around a certain situation or certain people and there are some, some boundaries that have to take place, but you can have boundaries and still be a part of a community because 
boundaries are not saying that I don't want anybody in my life and nobody can get close to me. Boundaries are saying that this is where I, you know, begin and this is where you end. Like this is what the barriers that I'm putting to protect us, to protect me and you so that nobody gets hurt. You know, I heard um, Tim Ross on his podcast. If y'all have listened to his podcast, The Basement, that junk is so good. It's, it's fairly new, but I love it already. And it's awesome. But, you know, he's done a lot of sermons and stuff. You know, man of God, I, I really respect the stuff that he says because he's just very raw and blunt. And he said it actually in a podcast episode that I was listening to earlier this week where he said, love without boundaries is lust. And I, and even though that was a simple sentence, it spoke so much volume to me because I'm like, that is absolutely the truth. I mean, think about it. When you lust for somebody, you know, we just did an episode a few weeks ago on lust, right? Lust and limerence. But, you know, when you lust for somebody, there is no, no concern or care about their well-being or being considerate of their feelings or, you know, what they may be thinking or how they may be taking some or how you may be taking some. You're just trying to please and satisfy in the moment and stuff. You're not caring about the bigger picture. But when you love someone, you care about the whole, the whole picture, right? The bigger picture. And that's why you need boundaries because it's a big picture. You can't handle it all at once. So you need boundaries to protect yourself and protect the other person so that neither one of you hurt each other. Okay. A lot of times when people don't have boundaries in their communities, it's because they're not communicating what they want or what they need, or they, you know, don't respect the other person's needs or not giving them what they need because they haven't asked what do you want or what do you need, right? So this is why it's okay to have a community, right? You don't have to be a loner. I don't think anybody is destined to be a loner. Jesus wasn't a loner. That man had 12 disciples and he was the Messiah. If he had a community, why do we think we shouldn't have a community? And again, I ain't going to jump too much into that because, I, you know, I'm trying to say that from my, I get my scriptures and stuff thrown in. But just focusing even on mental health, this is why a lot of, you know, successful treatment happens in community settings. If y'all think about it, you know, partial hospitalization programs, residential programs, rehab programs where they like go off and they're in a community. You know, that's where the most progress happens because it's a community. It's a room full of people who, hey, you're struggling with anxiety and depression like me. I don't feel like I'm alone anymore. And that's the beauty of community, which is my next point. Community reminds you that you are not alone in this world. So no matter what you're going through, there's always somebody else who can relate or somebody who can validate. You know, either they can relate or they can validate because the thing is you can validate somebody without approving or agreeing with them but you can still validate that hey there is truth in what you're saying and I can understand why you feel that way that's something that I've had to learn and sometimes even as a therapist telling on myself I'm guilty of not using at times especially with family I think I do it more with family I, I can pretty much validate anybody in my job setting but with family that's where I, I gotta struggle because I'm like nah you know I'm kind of in my you know emotions at this point or I'm kind of thinking the way I want to think and I'm forgetting that okay there is some validity and why they feel the way they feel so because again you know that 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 was something I had to do recently I had to kind of process and do introspection like okay there was a reason why this person felt the way they feel you know but regardless you can validate or relate to someone and that's why we see so much success in the mental health field when people go to these treatment settings where there's community because they don't feel alone you know they feel like they're supported 
And if they don't have support from their family because everybody is not blessed to have that, then they have it here. You know, they have it with peers or people in their um, residential or in their treatment settings. And even if it is supposed to be short lived, they're not supposed to be having dating, you know, relationships and things like that. It's still a form of support. Now, I know that before this was actually a question that was thrown out there from someone, I guess, you know, is still learning about mental health. It was like, well, if community is so important, you know, in these settings and stuff, why are, why do therapists try to, um, tell, you know, tell kids or tell, you know, adults that are in rehabs and stuff, not to date, not to fraternize, things like that. Here is why. Because when you are in a treatment setting, yes, you can connect with the people in your community and use that community to help you grow and get better in treatment. And at the same time, if you start to form a relationship, you're more than likely trauma bonding. What is trauma bonding? When you trauma bond, it can be confused for love because what you're doing is you both are connecting because of the fact that you both got through something traumatic or you both are going through something traumatic. It's not true love. It's just the fact that I'm really vulnerable. You're really vulnerable. Boom. Let's be vulnerable together. That's really what it is. And that is why as you know, a therapist, cause I've worked in both residential and partial hospitalization and, and even a little, and seen a little bit in substance use too. When I, um, used to do a little bit of PR, PRN work here and there, it is so crucial that we push that narrative. Of, okay. You can, you know, use this community to help you get encouraged and motivated to get your treatment. And at the same time, you don't need to trauma bond and start a relationship in treatment because most of the time, and you got to think about it too. If you start a relationship when you're in treatment, you know, in a, a community and mental health setting, you're not at the, you're not at a hundred percent. Neither one of you are really at a hundred percent. And in order to have a healthy, you know, actual stable relationship, you both need to be in a good place mentally. And if you're both there, there's something that's not right. Now, it doesn't mean you won't ever get to a good place mentally. It's just that right then and there, dating shouldn't be the top priority. Does that make sense? You know, dating shouldn't be the top priority. Treatment should be the top priority. Now, once treatment is completed and you feel like you're good, you feel like you know your triggers, you feel like you can handle your emotions effectively, then, and, and both of you get to that point and y'all just so happen, hey, to run into each other at a coffee shop afterwards, then maybe try to pursue it, but not during treatment because most of the time when you're in treatment, this is why we go against that. It's because it's trauma bonding and it's just because you're looking for something familiar and because people are, are their most vulnerable. You know, if you didn't listen to the vulnerability factor um, episode, go listen to that too. But vulnerability can be really serious. And you know, if you're so vulnerable to the point where I just want somebody to love me, or I just want to feel accepted or wanted or approved of, then yeah, you're going to most likely jump into a relationship and you're going to confuse it for love because your brain is doing all of this happy cocktail. Oh my gosh. You know, they love me. They, you know, you're basically in limerence a little bit. And if you don't come back down from it, you're going to think it's love. And the whole time it's not because there are no boundaries. Y'all met at y'all worst. <laughs> and you think that, okay, because we met at our worst, that means we're the best for each other. And that's not really it. Okay. But we definitely, you know, encouraged to talk like when they do groups this is why i like group therapy so for those that know me you know right now my um field while i'm under supervision to get my license i'm doing a lot of group therapy work yes i used to do individual therapy and yes i will get back to doing individual therapy in god's timing but right now in this season you know i've been doing group therapy and i didn't even understand why god kind of placed me in this position until 
I got to like further down the road and I'm like, this is actually really beneficial. And I see the benefits of group therapy. I cannot tell you guys how happy it is when I see, you know, kids in treatment that I work with, they start to come out of their shell and talk and, you know, and share and process feelings with the group of kids that they're around because it's showing that they're willing to be vulnerable in an effective way. Not in a way where, okay, I want to latch on to somebody and date, but in a way of, I see how hearing other people's feedback can help me grow into a better version of myself. And that's the beauty of community. They can help keep you accountable. They can give you different perspectives. They can help encourage you when life throws you tough curveballs. Because at the end of the day, y'all, life is going to life, okay? Stuff is going to keep getting harder. You're going to get hit sometimes left and right with attacks. And that's okay. If you have a community, you're you're better, you know, you're better to get through those things because you're not alone. You're not feeling like you're alone. You're not struggling to get through it because you're, you know, afraid to be vulnerable. You're afraid to open up and ask somebody that I need help. You have a community there to help you to, you know, see you through it. So that's why I say, you know, community is so important for mental health because you need that. You need you need some people to kind of, you know, be your your push when you don't want to go no more, when you feel like you can't go no more. And, you know, just being practical, even when stuff happens, like if you get a flat tire, don't you want to have more than one or two people to call on? Like you want to have people who can actually help you in situations like that, man. It helps to have healthy community and you can be involved in a community and have boundaries. Don't just shut yourself off. And this is my next point. I don't want to miss this point with the mental health part. Don't just cut off your community just because something goes wrong or because they mess up or, you know, they hurt you or they offend you, all that. Because at the end of the day, this is what we got to remember too. And this actually goes back to the church trauma part because this is a lot of reasons why people leave church. It's because, you know, that person hurt my feelings or they rubbed me the wrong way, woo-woo, all that. There's a difference between knowing when somebody like truly made an honest mistake and learning how to forgive and move forward with that and somebody who was like being emotionally abusive and using you and stuff like that i would never tell y'all to stay in an environment where you are not growing or where somebody is abusing their power or like it's toxic never stay in an environment that's toxic never stay in a community that's toxic right if it's toxic if it is affecting your mental health if it's causing you toxic stress then yeah you can leave I mean, God, I don't think God wants that for us. I don't think he wants us to stay in toxic communities. Now, at the same time, if you know that it's just maybe minor stuff that can be either reconciled or forgive, and it's not a constant toxic cycle, then this is where you need to kind of get out of your own, out of your own way and and realize that everybody's not going to be perfect. Because even the people who are best for us, y'all, they're going to make mistakes they're going to drop the ball because we're human. There is not a perfect community in this world. There's not a perfect job setting. There's not a perfect family. There's not a perfect in-law family. There's not a perfect church. There's not a perfect residential treatment. There is no perfect place. And I don't understand why people get so bent out of shape, you know, and be, and I'm not, again, I'm not talking about if you're in a toxic place. I'm talking about if you're in a place that really ain't all bad. There are some pros. If you were to do a pros and cons list, there are some pros, there are more pros and cons, but because there is not that perfection that you're looking for, you're just like, well, nope, I'm just going to, you know, drop out of this community or I'm just going to isolate myself. I don't need anybody. That's foolish. That is foolish. 
if Jesus could forgive Peter after he denied him three times and keep him in his community, why can't we do that? And I'm going to go ahead and end the mental health perspective and go ahead and go to the spiritual perspective because I'm just really ready to talk about the spiritual perspective of all of it. But first, a word from our sponsors. All right, here we go. Spiritual health perspective, because this is the one I've been waiting on. Because I think that that if I'm okay, so this is my podcast, so I can be transparent and open and humble and say what I want to say. But, um, you know, I think that that's one thing that annoys me a lot of times when people, you know, talk about a church because, you know, for one, the church is important because church is community for Christians. You know, what better way to further your walk with God? Like I said, we ain't even talking about, you know, improving your mental health because we talked about all of that in this first part. We know how it can benefit mental health. Now I'm talking about your walk with God. What better way to strengthen your walk with God than to be around other believers? Do you really think that you're going to strengthen your walk with God being by yourself all the time? Like, I don't think I don't get mad about that, but I think that there that's a certain level of that air, like that cockiness or like that, you know, haughtiness of like, well, I don't need to learn anything else or I don't need anyone to tell me anything because I've arrived. Like, first of all, let, let's just debunk that right now. Ain't nobody arrived. There's not a single person in this world who just knows everything biblically or spiritually. Everybody's got some learning to do because the only person who knows all is God. There's not a pastor, deacon, elder, or anybody who just knows everything. If we could adopt that mindset more, I feel like we could be able to get along more in churches. I feel like we could be able to use more grace with people in churches because a lot of times, you know, am I saying that there aren't toxic churches? No, there's some toxic. I've seen some toxic environments in churches. I've seen some toxic leadership. I've seen it. I've seen it. It sucks, but I've seen it now. Again, you and I ain't going to get too much into it because like I said, you can go to the church trauma episodes. It's two parts and y'all can go listen to that on your own in your own time. But you can you can use discernment. You can use godly discernment to know if like this part, if this place that you're in is for you, if it's good for you or if it's somewhere it's like, no, nah, God, I think he wants me to move somewhere else. OK, because the Lord is not going to want you to stay nowhere where it's it's not good for you or it's not healthy for you. It's like key point example. And I ain't even talking about a church, but I'm talking about my jobs. You know, last year, my first job, it didn't even start off toxic. It started off great. You know, fresh out of grad school. I was in that job. I was loving it, but it did start to decline. And what happened was it started to take a toll on my mental health, which is what I was talking about in the burnout episode. So. God saw that and he heard my prayer and I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this, God. If it be your will, you know, can you please move me to a, a better environment, like a better work environment? And he did. He literally dropped the, the new job into my lap. I didn't even have to go searching for the job that I have now. And it is a good environment. And even at this job, y'all, it ain't perfect. Do I still get annoyed? Yes. <laughs> do I still have moments where I'm like, they get on my nerves? Absolutely. And at the same time, I would not leave this job ever. Like, I'm not going to, I literally told a coworker that Friday. I said, I ain't leaving until God tell me to leave. (laughs) That's how much I love the environment because it's not toxic. And at the same time, it's not perfect. But there are way more pros. If I were to make a pros and cons list, 
if I would have way more pros about working there than I would cons, it would probably, I would probably only have three cons actually making a list rather than the pros. The pros are going to outweigh it. And that's what I feel like some Christians need to do with their church. If you ever feel like you're in that, in that, you know, in between area, because I know a lot of us young adults, especially, you know, we trying to find our groove. I don't know which church I need to go to. I'm trying to, you know, serve, but I don't want to be overextended. I don't want to go somewhere where they, you know, work me like a dog and, you know, don't treat me right. Get that. Use the pros and cons. That's why I talk about it in my book or whatever. Like, that's a good strategy, y'all. Coping strategy to use when you're trying to make decisions in life. Make a pros and cons list. Write all the pros of staying at that church. Write the cons of staying at that church. Pros mean the benefits. Cons means the negative effects or the things that are, are not so good about the church or, or going to come about staying there. Make that list. If the pros, if the good outweighs the bad, outweighs the cons, then you need to check yourself because clearly there's something there especially also my next point is if god play if god literally told you to stay there if god told you to go there and he has not released you yet obedience is better than sacrifice y'all you better stay and that's all i'm gonna say on that i wouldn't dare move or go to another church and join and do all that hoopla if god didn't tell me because now disobedience is something that you don't want to play with in my opinion, I ain't even did an episode yet on obedience to God, but I can't wait because that that's nah, we ain't gonna play with that. <laughs> and if you're a Christian, you, you know what I mean? Like he answers the prayers of the obedient. Like he will answer the prayers of the righteous. Like God is paying attention to that obedience. So if he told you to go to that church or if he told you to stay there, stay there. Even if you're annoyed, because most likely there is a reason why he wants you to stay there. And what we have to remember is God knows better than we do. We think we know best. We don't. God knows best. Okay. So if you think you one of those people, I know what's best, then hush, you don't. <laughs> like, and that's the only way I know how to say it. You really don't know best. God knows best. Okay. And so again, you have to ask God for discernment, ask him, you know, show me if this is the place where I need to be. Show me if this environment is not healthy for me. But if it ain't no toxic environment and you are just not wanting to be in community because of your own insecurities and your own fear of being vulnerable and going back to, like I said, in the church trauma episode, you're afraid of getting hurt again. Then that's something that you need to deal with. Don't. Don't project that on people in the church. Don't project that on others. Same thing with our communities of like our families and stuff. Like don't project your issues and your past hurt and past trauma on others because that's not their fault. You're bleeding on people who never cut you. Okay. You have to be willing to deal with your own stuff because at the end of the day, God wants us to be in community, especially us Christians. He wants us to be in godly community. We see it everywhere in scripture one of my favorite scriptures is matthew 18 and 20 where he says for where two or three are gathered together as my followers and by followers you know gathered together in my name meaning in like jesus name i am there among them that's why i love the community in the church because it goes back to my example of this weekend you know i had a lot of stuff going on this weekend and the fact that i had other christians where i go to fellowship and worship god praying for me and my family as well it just gave me a whole nother level of strength, y'all. It's almost like a superpower. It's like you get supercharged, you know, supernaturally in the spirit and you feel good. And this peace comes over you. And I could have never had that if I was somebody who was isolated and never went to, you know, never wanted to give church a try and never said, I want to be involved. No, you need the community. 
Okay, you need to community because where there are two or three gathered in Jesus name, he is in the midst. So you got a whole bunch of people interceding, y'all all interceding. The Holy Spirit is going to be there, right? The Holy Spirit is going to move and he's going to show up and he's going to show out because of the fact that you all are together. And then another, you know, scripture that I think of is actually in Hebrews. It's Hebrews 10 verse 25. Hebrews 10 25. It says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So yeah, just disclaimer, spoiler alert, Jesus is coming back. Amen. We don't know when nobody knows the date or hour. So stop y'all. Yeah. If anybody says I can predict it. Okay. Stop. But anyway, <laughs> anyways, you know, I don't want to get into that either, but this is what it's saying. Do not neglect meeting together. There are plenty of times y'all where I just ain't in the mood, you know, to go to church. I mean, me and my friend were literally talking about it, you know, well, last night we was like, I just don't know if I'm ready to go to church or I don't know, you know, if I, if I want to go, I knew I was going because of, you know, just the praise support and just having, you know, being thankful for everything that the Lord kind of brought my family through this weekend. I'm like, I'm definitely want to go to church, but sometimes it's hard. And what happens is we start to neglect that. And then we think, well, I'm getting by, man. I ain't got to, you know, talk to this person or I ain't got to, you know, go to church all the time. Listen, the community is what you need. It's not even a fact of we got to stop looking at going to church like we're getting gold stars for being a Christian. Because I think a lot of young adults especially look at it like that. Like if I go to church, then the Lord is giving me gold stars for heaven because I'm going to church. And it's like, yeah, you're going to church, but what are you doing? You know, are you involved? Are you talking to people? Are you trying, you know? Are you trying to get involved in the community? Are you trying to be a part of a community? Because even if you don't want to build a community, like, could you at least be a part of somebody else's? You may be an answer to somebody's prayer and don't even know it. And it's all because you're not willing to be in a community, you know, in a Christ-centered community. This is why it says in the Bible, you know, that verse that I use all the time when I talk about relationships and marriages and stuff like that, where it says, you know, Two are better than one for two people can help each other succeed. When you have a community, it goes back to that mental health piece of holding each other accountable. You could definitely hold each other accountable in, you know, church or in a spiritual aspect, because let's say that you are struggling with lust, a person in your community, or a real person who really cares about you and really wants your walk with God to improve. They're going to hold you accountable. And you have that community of where you feel like you finna fall into lust. Oh man, this TV show just came on. I got some thoughts. Okay let's go you know let's go to the coffee shop you know let's go um to the parking let's go run like they gonna help you stay accountable they're gonna help you stay on track and the beautiful thing about you know post-pandemic and things like that is there are so many creative ways to have community you know with other christians you could do it on a facebook group you could do it you know um virtually like I remember at one point I was going to like little virtual bible studies or whatever and they were they were nice I enjoyed it they had little icebreakers and stuff on the google meets it was nice really enjoyed it and then you know my church started opening back up to where we were having midweek services back in person so I started trying to go to midweek services started going to in-person services get involved as best as you can but build a community Build a community and don't be afraid to build a community because a lot of times the people who neglect it, as it says in that scripture, like neglect meeting together or those who underestimate the power of community or try to like negate it. It's, it's usually because they're projecting hurt, past hurt. And like I said, if you got some church trauma, then you got to go heal.
you got to heal. And God can heal that. Because I promise you, if you got hurt from one church or if one church, you know, did you wrong, all churches ain't going to do that. And at the same time, you got to, what we have to do is we have to refresh our mentality of there is no perfect church. So that don't mean that when you go somewhere, oh, it's this, you know, they're going to be, you know, everybody's going to, you know, be oh, ha, 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 smiling. No, I think all churches are going to have at least a little bit of, you know, tests coming, you know, just rifts. They're going to have those seasons, those dry seasons, those seasons where they got a lot of members. They got a few members. They got, a, you know, great stuff going on. Stuff is kind of falling apart. I think every church goes through it because we're all human. The pastors are human. The deacons are human. The elders are human. The members are human. Everybody's human. So none's going to be perfect. Okay. We got to get out of that mindset of expecting a perfect church. There is no perfect church. Say it with me. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect community. There is no perfect family. There is no perfect work community. There is nothing perfect, guys. Just like there is no perfect person. There's no perfect marriage. Nothing is perfect. This is where we have to learn how to give people grace, which is my next point right here. In order to have a thriving community, you got to learn how to have grace. Godly communities use grace and that's why they thrive and that's why they grow. Because instead of you looking at it like this person did wrong or whatever and I got to throw them away, you're giving them grace. Now, again, I ain't saying take abuse. I'm not saying take somebody, you know, basically creating a toxic environment for you. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if they make an honest mistakes or if there are misunderstandings, use grace and, and, you know, and just try, try to rebuild your community, especially in families. You know, you can't cut your family off, whether you like them or not, they're going to be at the reunion. That's your family. There's nothing you could do. And at the same time, you got to use grace. Now, this is where boundaries comes in too, because the same way you can use boundaries in a, you know, mental health perspective of building community, you could definitely use boundaries in the Christian community. And I think that this is where a lot of Christians feel too, is because they ain't got no boundaries. They like boundaries. What's that? That's a cuss word, right? Like that. I don't know what those are. You got to have boundaries no matter what. Because boundaries is, is what's going to keep you from having these misunderstandings. This is what's going to keep you from falling into feeling like, man, I can't stand these people. Or man, they, you, like, you got to have some boundaries. You got to have boundaries. I did a whole episode on it. Go listen to it. It's, it's a part of the book. It's in one of the chapters of the book, you know, boundaries. Like, you need them. You need them. Okay? And if you have them, then interacting with a community at church it's not going to feel you know bad it's not going to feel odd or it's not going to be hard because you understand the importance of community at the end of the day the lord wants us to fellowship he wants us to have community because if y'all think about it, i mean that's what we're going to be doing in heaven anyway and he ain't gonna have us segregated by denominations which is why i you know choose to be non-denominational because i'm like i just don't i i don't i don't understand denominations i truly don't understand it I really doubt, and I'm not God, and I don't know how heaven is going to be, but I highly doubt that he's going to have us sectioned off by Presbyterians, Baptists, Kojic, and all that. I don't think that's what's going to happen. But who knows? I ain't been to heaven yet. So, you know, I don't know how it's going to be. But I just that's just my thought on it. And that's why I'm non-denominational. You fellowship with who you fellowship. If we both believe that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, we believe in the God who is in heaven. We believe in heaven and hell. We can fellowship. Okay. Denomination or not. So 
I say all that to say, if you're somebody who struggles with community, maybe you're, you know, are afraid of getting back, especially in like a church community because of other stuff. Like I said, you just, you need to ask God to reveal to you what is, what is my problem? Like, what is it that's keeping me from being involved in community? Because I know sometimes they'd be like, well, the church wasn't it. Sometimes it ain't always the church doing. I don't know who that, you know, who needs to hear that truth, but it ain't always everybody else. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it's been me. Sometimes it's not everybody else. Sometimes it's us. And that's where, this is where maturity comes in, both mental and spiritual maturity comes in. It's like, okay, so if it's me, what do I need to do? Where do I need to build more awareness? What do I need to improve so that I can stop, you know, projecting and, you know, basically putting all my hurts. And then because, of course, another thing for Christians, you don't want your lack of involving in a community to get in the way of what God is trying to do in your life. A lot of times that is where God does the most incredible things is when we are involved in a community. That's when the anointing and that's when, you know, his presence and all of these gifts and stuff start to come about. It's because of community. It's in community. Why do you think a lot of people, you know, some couples meet their spouses and stuff at churches or in small groups and stuff because of community, you know, it's the community. They meet them when they're in ministry, while they're serving in ministry. It's all about community, okay? There's nothing wrong with community. So sometimes, yes, do some self-reflection, do some introspection and ask yourself, like, is it the church? Is it the environment? Is it the community or is it me? Is it the community or is it me? And figure out who it is. Ask the Lord to show you because he will do it. If you ask him to show you, like, God... Are they the problem? Am I the problem? He going to give you that hard truth. And sometimes he's going to tell the issue. <laughs> like, and it's not going to feel good. You're probably going to feel some type of way. But accept the conviction, right? Conviction is not bad. Conviction should be our friend. I feel I wish more Christians would embrace. I've gotten to the point where now I'll embrace conviction because I'm like, sometimes I really do need it. I was telling my coworker that when they like show me this book I'm reading, which is really good so far. Y'all, I'm only one chapter in called The Whole in Our Holiness by um what's that author's name this book is right here i'm gonna look at it kevin DeYoung, the hole in our holiness that book is legit and he said it my coworker. he was like it's gonna probably convict you because this has been convicting me and i'm like sometimes i need that and i can be an adult grown woman and say that sometimes i need to be convicted sometimes i need correction i'm not always right i don't expect to always be right and i don't know it all so that's why i'm getting involved in community because somebody in my community may have something for me that God needs me to get from them or through them. And I don't even know that vice versa. There may be something in me. Wow. That, you know, somebody might need that. I don't even know, but I'm not going to, you know, it's not going to be able to happen if I'm closed off and I can't get involved in community. And that's what we got to understand. If Jesus himself can have a community, y'all, we can have community. And if he can embrace his, if he could give grace to those in his community, like I said, Peter denied that man three times. He came back and he was still, you know, Peter, do you love me? After he rose from the dead and, you know, Peter's like, of course, my, you know, like I do love you. I ain't trying to laugh at that scripture, but he, he didn't just throw him away. One, because Jesus knew he was going to do it. He told that man he was going to do it. And Peter's like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. And he did it anyway. And guess what? He was still part of the community. We have to learn that community is beneficial and not be afraid to embrace it. Because through when, when life throws you those tough moments, I'm telling y'all, 
you gonna wish you you need somebody okay whether it's you late on a bill hey can you spot me 20 or you know I got a flat tire somebody come get me or you know like like what we were experiencing you know hey something is happening in my family right now and it's scary can y'all pray you need a community and community helps we all need support and the Lord wants us to have that on this earth he wants us to have that godly healthy community to help us get through the tough things in life Right, guys that's all i have for today like i said my episodes have been actually much longer than i'd be expecting them to be but i guess when i start flowing that's just what happens but like i said i hope that i said something in this episode that encouraged you guys and enlightened you remember that the word of the week is community you know and you know evaluate your community evaluate your family community you know your village your church your work like your friends like evaluate your community man Make sure that we're in some healthy communities that can help us get through tough things in life. Because, like I said, we got inflation going on. Now this monkey poxing came out. Y'all better know, shoot, <laughs> life is not going to get easier. So you might as well have some people you can do life with, okay? Allow God to show you how to build a healthy community or what you could be doing, you know, in your community now. Even geographically, like if you live in a city, if you live in a town, what could you be doing to volunteer to give back, Right? We gotta, we really gotta start cultivating community in a good way. Okay, it's good for our mental health and our spiritual health. That's the whole takeaway of this episode. Don't forget to give this episode a five-star rating, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to share it with somebody who you feel like it may encourage or enlighten or give them a little bit of a push or motivation, especially with the topic. And also don't forget to go purchase my book or buy it for someone as a gift. How to Become a Mentally Fit Christian on Amazon for the ebook which is $2.99 and the print book which is $5.99 percentage of the proceeds goes to a local group home here where I'm at now and so you guys just continue to do that thank you guys so much for your support I love y'all thank y'all for being patient I like I said I'm really excited for all the things that I'm getting into work as far as guests being lined up still had to get dates together all that jazz life happens But again, I'm still super excited for like the guests that are coming and like the topics that are coming in the future for this for this podcast. So until next time, you guys have a wonderful week. Try to embrace community this week. That is a challenge. (laughs) Embrace the community, a healthy, godly community. And yeah, peace. See you guys next week.